1: Is some of our thoughts. All right, you guys, it's Sarah and Carter, and this is some of our thoughts. Hey, I know the guy in the sound booth, he's the axe throwing guy. What up? Anyway, shout out, shout out. Welcome to episode maybe 12. We don't know, man, but I'm just glad you're here. <laughs> likewise, Ro- likewise, Rogue Media has this badass new studio. We are so stoked to be here.
2: And today,
1: we have two rosés to talk about. Two
2: very, very special rosés. So special. There is uh, one from France and one from Texas. <laughs> is that how a Frenchman says Texas? Texas. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so um, I mm. guess we'll just start with the one we just poured. Is called Sonnet" <laughs> by Sebastian David. And this wine I sell at my wine shop. Mm -hmm. We directly import. It's a pretty big deal if you haven't heard of it already. Um, (laughs) It's one of those things, though, that, like, working there. Before I worked there, I was a customer there for quite some time. And I have seen these bottles. I've known these bottles. I've loved these bottles. Um, In every single case of Lisonette, there is a poster, Yup, and every single one you open it, and the very top, the very first thing is a poster.
1: That's so cool of
2: the label and the whole thing. I think we, I like describing the bottle when we start. It's helpful. It's a clear glass bottle, which you just see the color of the rosé just so beautifully through it. Um, it has this amazing caricature of this really cute little freckly red-headed girl wearing sunglasses. So and it, cute. It kind of looks like she's at like a pool or something. It's mm-hmm. like this blue tile kind of background. And it says Liesel Nett in big black cursive letters. <laughs> and it's a caricature of the winemaker's daughter, Liesel Nett.
1: Wow. Right? So at my job, my coworker, Charlie, who's amazing, his wife, Katie has red hair that looks very similar to this, just just like, beautiful and wild. Yep. And every time we see her, like, oh, there's Kay. There's Kay's one. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I didn't know that was uh, no much to his
1: daughter. Oh, yeah. Oh,
2: cool. Oh, well, that's exciting that you didn't know yeah. that. Because, I mean, that is, that's what I always, that's my little, like, tidbit when people ask me about Lisa Nett, that's the first thing I say about her. I hope to meet her one day and give her a big hug. And um, I actually follow Sebastian David on TikTok, and he is wild. He has, like, these little race cars he goes through his own vineyards and, like... (laughs) In a race car? Yeah, and he... What? He and David have Formula One jumpsuits. If you remember me talking about this for the five-year anniversary of the wine shop, he was out there shucking oysters on the patio in a Formula One jumpsuit, and he got it from (laughs) Sebastian David.
1: This is amazing.
2: I have a picture of him on my phone. I'll have to show you. Um, Please. This man is iconic. They literally... (laughs) I I just have a, a couple of things, like, I have to say about him. He's the, a 15th generation winemaker. That's insanity. I had to look it up because I kind of <laughs> didn't believe it. I was like, okay, so if he started, if his family started making wine in 1634, Jesus. and then I was like, yeah, that tracks. I mean, like, mm-hmm. you know, going down with every person being about, you know, roughly 70, 80 years old. Yeah. Um, he has this one called Herlu Berlu. And we will feature her on a separate
1: episode because she much. deserves her own episode. But
2: yeah. this one is... Uh- it's a similar grape. It's a Cab Franc and Cinso, which is the V&V rosé we're going to talk about in a second is a Cinso. That was kind of the common factor. Yeah. It'll be really exciting to have these side by side because we never have
1: before. Yes. And like
2: <gasps> even just in color, they're sitting right in front of us. They look identical in they the are bottle. So, yeah. Wow. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but um, I looked up the word hurlu burlu. It literally translates to an eccentric man who looks at the stars to farm. Which is biodynamic farming at its best. Um, we've talked about this before, but it's essentially just using the lunar cycles um, in terms of like harvest, you know, seasons. It's very similar to what you would consider the like the farmer's almanac to be. Um, a couple of things about Lisa Annette specifically. She is a Cab Frankensin so blend. Uh, product of certified organic and biodynamic farming and all of the vines are 35 to 50 years old in limestone clay and soil wow and um it's got a lot happening on the nose on the palate Mm -hmm. it's in a weird way I've always said savory and salty I was
1: about to say this is super savory to me like um, kind of like mushroomy smoky almost which is so
2: crazy for, for me to even
1: yeah say out loud
2: for a rosé but then I mean my big tasting note for Lisa Nett has always been watermelon and cherry but mm. Sarah's exactly right there's like an Grilled earthy, watermelon yeah well and uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm like screaming in the sound booth right now my bad well no I mean that's our food concept <laughs> and we'll talk about it in a second. oh yeah I was like, yeah, Sarah. Yeah, that's, uh-huh. Um, we have so so many similar processes, though, for um, this one compared to other wines that we've had in the past. It's a whole cluster fermentation, which just means, again, they take the whole grape cluster and throw it in to a stainless steel tank with the wild yeast from the air and the, the region and let it sit for 25 days um, and then in that time, the grapes will burst, releasing a natural gas that's imparted. And it's not really effervescent. It, it's a very still rosé. Mm-hmm. But it does have like a crispiness to it that we it attribute does. to that carbonic maceration. And they're... Um, he is a big proponent of egg-shaped concrete tanks, which he does I have
1: love. Yes,
2: we love the the egg-shaped concrete tanks. Apparently, Um in his cellar, which isn't really a cellar; it's more like a cave. In the Loire, they have massive caves, and Sebastian David has one that is 27 meters. I had to look it up. It's roughly 88 feet underground, so you can only imagine oh how cold that my is. God. Right, and then he has. <laughs> It says an experiment to test the influence of suspension and winemaking. He has these big clay or concrete eggs hanging. In, suspended? Suspended what? in a cave because he's just experimenting. It's like his laboratory. And eccentric, it sounds yeah. like. Well he is. He's hella eccentric. What? He's got like <laughs> he's got his own little way of doing things. I think he said um laboratory. He... <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> it's <you. my> laboratory. <laughs> Um, The form and the way that the temperature though is regulated in in those concrete eggs, um, mm-hmm. he says it, it might make a difference on where it is in the cellar, and he doesn't just necessarily want to keep them on the ground. And I was thinking like that's like homeboys bit. hanging on <laughs> <up in> from the. <laughs> I was about to say how it. Um, I have questions. Continue. There is uh. <laughs> honestly, just so much. Um. It, he's of. You know, this long lineage of winemakers. Yeah. He said back in, um, in the beginning of his ex- experience making wine, his father wouldn't even go to the neighbors to try their wine. <laughs> and then they had this massive freeze in wow. uh, the late 90s that they had to source grapes and buying grapes was... Uh, just crucial to the process uh, that they didn't lose money and that they didn't miss out on a year and it really it gave him this opportunity to kind of look around and see what everyone else was doing he had been pretty isolated for 15 16 years and had never done that which is crazy to think about that part of Loire they say it's like the Nike swoosh of the river that, um, <laughs> I love that. It <laughs> has all of these huge caves. They're very cavernous cellars and just natural slopy hills that are based off of this river in Loire that... Um, have been there for centuries, and you think like they've all been there, but they don't know each other. They don't look around. They don't get together and kiki and like party and like <laughs> kiki <laughs> and have like <laughs> these summits. I mean, there's yeah. the natural wine fairs, of course, and like the one in Loire is just iconic. I hope to go to it one day. But um, I have always just imagined it to be a lot more of a community enterprise, right? Yeah, and uh, and we'll talk about this with V and V. It is. I think really important for people to talk, people who Mm -hmm. make wine to not necessarily share their secrets, but, you know, it's like, what did you do? How did you do that? And make it obvious so that like when we're doing research for this kind of thing, it's Mm -hmm. it's readily available and it's not like you have to source, you know. You know,
1: speaking of that, I recently talked with Joey, like my boss and the winemaker at my job and recently about certain winemakers have that this weird distinction that they put upon themselves with I'm the winemaker I hold secrets your wine is dying with me if I die like these are my secrets I will not like pass them on it's kind of like okay but like sometimes that sucks like you're making this beautiful product don't you want to like share it for to one person like so they can continue doing it and that's right it's a very like prideful thing and I still don't know how I feel about it like in one in one part of my mind, I'm like, well, I mean, that is their lineage, like their thing. Like, if that's how they want to go out, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I'm the person that if I leave a rent house, I leave a, a, an herb garden behind for the next person. So I don't know. It's just different mindsets, I think. But it just depends. But yeah,
2: continue. There's <laughs> um, there is a huge camaraderie, though I think in the wine service, wine making industry that. Yeah. Um, even Sebastian David, in this interview that I found, I'm so grateful. It has Ooh. so much more information. Like, they don't even have a website. I was looking... I noticed that, because I tried to look them up the other night, and I was
1: like, I don't... What?
2: Old boy's <laughs> just out there doing his he thing. Um, there was this Georgian winemaker that he was his mm-hmm. mentor, essentially. And I would have loved to have, like, a name that I could reference back to. But he said his method, or his motto, was to never separate a child from its mother. And that implies leaving the the wine on the lease on the skins Mm -hmm. that it is the essence of everything that he does you never separate a child from its mother and it it affects the taste of all of his wines so much that like herlou Burlu is this very jammy juicy cab franc that when it sits on the shelf i think every single person that walks into my wine shop is gravitated towards it.
0: It yeah. has this-
2: It's beautiful. Clear it's a bottle, bottle. Big, like, uh, red streak on it. And, like, you just want to pick it up and look at it and say, like, mm-hmm. wow, that's the prettiest purple I've ever seen. This rosé, like, the the label you're just drawn to, it's so beautiful and cute. And she looks so <laughs> fun. And, I mean, it's yeah. just such a pretty pink, too. It is. I can't get over how similar these two are in color.
1: You know what's- uh, Yeah, I actually just sent a photo of these- Uh, bottle side by side to our winemakers my winemakers at work saying wow these are so similar in color because charlie actually just talked about the color of this one is a little darker and more of like that copper tone that usually you would see in a rosé and then joey argued it's perfect yeah (laughs) so like now seeing these side by side i can't wait to taste them both too like side by side wow this is this is so fun what is our life um Yeah, the Lysunette and the Cinso Rosé, this is the 2021 vintage from Valley Mills Vineyards where I work. Shout out work. We're about to crack her open and kind of compare and contrast. Let me get another sip of this Lysunette first, though. Mm. Sarah said sip. I said mouthful. (laughs) Well, I do have a bit to chug. So I feel like, contrastly, without even opening ours yet, because I know how ours tastes, the Lysunette, as you kind of described, is more of a savory rosé mm-hmm. whereas i feel like our senso rosé is very fruit forward lots of strawberry melon well some tangerine even grapefruit yeah and let me finish this gulp i'll open here cuz VMV. hey so our senso rosé it's 94% senso from both lehe and farmhouse vineyards here in texas averaging at 23.1 bricks at harvest, and it's also 6% local Morved from this couple called the Moes, it's their last name, the Moes Vineyard, harvested at 19.0 bricks. The final pH was 3.61, and the ABV is about 13%. It was fermented at 18 degrees Celsius and aged in stainless steel, bottled five months after harvest. And Joey was telling me that basically they do everything that they can to try to retain and maximize the fresh melon and citrus teals on that aroma. And if you smell it, let's let's get a little sniffy sniff.
2: Don't mind if oh. I do. So. <laughs> I mean, it really, so compared to Lisa and I, I mean, you just get like a fruit bomb. It is a fruit bomb for sure. Mm. So good.
1: Oh, wow. And it's a pretty high ABV, that 13% for a rosé. What is the Lisa net actually? 12.5. Okay. So they're very similar yeah. in a lot of ways. Um, Charlie was saying that back at the house side, they would hope to make closer to, like, maybe a lower ABV, like that 11.5 right. to 12.5 rosé that sits more in the pink row of a wine color. He said they certainly dropped into more of a coppery color with maybe a little too much O2 in the tank for a few months and. They did set it on Lee's. I don't have the exact specs for how long they set it on Lee's, but it was for a while, which also explains a lot of, like, that mouthfeel, the aroma, and the true flavor itself. But, man, it's so good. So at my job, this is one of those where even the people that come in and they're like, I don't like rosé. I'm not a rosé person. It's not for me. Like, like,
2: have you tried ours, though?
1: Literally. I'm like, well— Maybe just have a sip of it. And then if you feel the same, I respect that. Like, cool. Kind of like me and Chardonnay, where I'm like, I will always try it. Yeah. If I don't love it, I don't love it. But, like, I'll always try it you for research. Always will, I but will. Like, I want to know what I like and I don't like about wines. And this is the third vintage, actually, of Rosé that we've used Senso grapes for. Um, and I recently had a bottle of the 19 mm-hmm. and... Between the 1920 and 21, I think the, twen- the 2020 vintage was my favorite. Although I really like the one now as well. But for me, it's be- – yes, that mouth feels so juicy, right? Carter's <laughs> giving me these, like, motions with her hands, like, my cheeks and the tongue and the la 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 la, la. <laughs> <laughs> It's so fruit forward. It's like literally like watermelon, cantaloupe, honeydew, like a bomb of melon, and then some strawberries, some like tangerine grapefruit. Oh, it's it. got an
2: earthy quality too, though, like does. rhubarb or something.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, and I think a lot of that, it's either from the um, the level of bricks when it was picked, um, or it could possibly be there is a little bit of mauvette in there as well, mm, like I was mm-hmm. saying. Excuse me, 6% that... I think kind of maybe gives a little bit of that color as well. I mean, I'm no winemaker, and Charlie told me why it's that darker color as is. But, you know, Morvette is a much deeper, darker grape, and I feel like that might impart some on it. But I love the fruit-forwardness of Morvette in itself,
2: so it's a really happy marriage, I think, of flavors. It's just, like, gathered up around the front of my mouth, like kind of like the tip of my tongue and around my lips, and it's like having like strawberry smuckers or something yeah Mm. but then there's this beautiful kind of like citrus quality like you said grapefruit i wouldn't say like lemon
1: the grapefruit and then uh i keep wanting to say nectarine it's not a a citrus um tangerine it's Mm. more on the back end of my tongue it's not in the beginning the beginning is all
2: yeah like very like jammy like that strawberry jam, melon. And then it finishes really bright. Yes. Which is perfect for summer. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I just love the look of these two sitting side by side. They just look like the best of friends. They do. Like, we're going to go out on the lake. We're <laughs> going to go down to the pool, like, meet you there. Yep. Like, with, like, a wink and, like, a <laughs> kind of. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing.
0: Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com.
2: Welcome to One Star Rewind.
1: Fantastic new podcast to tell you about Bros, Foes, and Heroes. It's the two of us looking into the world of comics, breaking down some characters that you may have never heard of and some that are just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, so Zach comes up with a character each time, and uh, I go into it just completely blind. I don't know who this person is or what their abilities are or
2: anything, and and basically, I guess we kind of go over their origin story. And just some of the ridiculous stuff that maybe, especially Golden Age stuff.
1: Oh, Golden yeah. Age stuff is always the best. And we will make sure to highlight all of the shenanigans and just absolute weirdness yeah. of
2: everything. Yeah, that's right. So subscribe today and uh, follow
1: us on Instagram at bros, bros, heroes. And if you don't, I know where you would. Not really, but please subscribe. Bros <laughs> and
0: bros and heroes.
2: Gonna tell you about frozen, frozen heroes. Gonna tell you about. 911, what's your emergency? Do you hear that? It's coming
1: from the house. It's coming from inside the house? Uh, do you mean,
2: could it be? The Bolter to think of wines having personalities like people. (laughs) They do. I'm sure (laughs) they do. They have to. They have to. Or else we're just insane.
1: (laughs) Well. (laughs) (laughs) So we had a few different vinyls picked out for these wines. Mm -hmm. And we settled on one. Not settled. Like, you know, happily settled.
2: Right. There was uh, three or four that we kind of couldn't choose between yeah it was hard it was really hard and we had to kind of take a a introspective look at why we (laughs) pick music for wine there wasn't like a very obvious choice because they Mm -hmm. all worked in some capacity but I kind of asked Sarah I remember I was working Mm -hmm. and you sent me those the pictures of all three that you actually had yeah because there's a few that I had at the shop and in my personal collection too but I remember the ones that Sarah picked I was Kind of confused, and I said, Why? (laughs) They were all over the place. Why? (laughs) And then when she described it, I was like, Oh, yeah, that makes sense for various reasons. And I feel like, kind of, if you're
1: branding things too, like on a business side of things, you got to tell a story. Yeah. It's all about the story, like making that connection with the people that are drinking, listening, eating, whatever. When you make that connection, like, Oh, well, tell me your side of things. What's your story? I should pull up what I actually texted you because I like manically was like, okay, okay, this, 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 this isn't this. But to preface, this, the vinyl that we chose for these wine pairings are the,
2: <laughs> it's Simon and
1: Garfunkel's greatest hits.
2: <laughs> Which is, okay. And I'm so happy about it. I can't wait to see. Which, which, whichever bottle we end up using, we could put both of them for all I care. It's, these are basically the Simon and Garfunkel of Rosé. We made the correct choice. (laughs) Okay, okay. So, Sarah texted me, Simon and Garfunkel, exclamation point, I just love. I think the color palette in that vinyl would be nice. It also reminds me of Almost Famous, which, yes. And I'm picturing the Band-Aids running around drinking rosé before and after each show. Homeward bound, America I love, and Miss Robinson would obviously drink rosé. She would. And you're exactly and right. And my
1: version of Mrs. Robinson, like, yeah, I know, the movie The Graduate, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you've ever seen American Pie, <laughs> yep, Jennifer Coolidge is,
2: in my mind, Mrs. Robinson. Makes me want a rosé real bad.
1: Exactly! If you don't picture Jennifer Coolidge being Mrs. Robinson drinking some rosé on like a hot summer day, (laughs) that's just it for me, man. And like I'm going through the list. So it's Mrs. Robinson is the first track Um, for Emily, Wherever I May Find, The Boxer, Beautiful. Oh,
2: God. yeah. The Sound
1: of Silence is also on this album, which, whoa. Silence is so beautiful. I am a rock. I am an
2: island. Yeah. You
1: need rosé for that. Scarborough Fair, mm-hmm. Homeward Bound, Bridge Over Troubled Water, classic. America, which reminds me of Almost Famous because it's on that yep. soundtrack.
2: Mm-hmm. Kathy's song, El Condor pasa. That song is one of my very favorites. It's um, so good. I'd rather be a forest than a street. Yep. God, yes. wish I would if I could <laughs> bookends beautiful
1: at the Gorgeous. minute the minute the song is only a minute and 23 seconds but it's so
2: pretty they were and just then, so good Cecilia. Cecilia you're breaking my
1: heart <laughs> <laughs> yeah Simon and Garfunkel that's what these two roses are
2: We are such a product of our father's music. Man, that's so true. Really? I'm I'm ecstatic about it. I am too. I can't stop smiling. And I mean, I've been listening to Simon and Garfunkel since before I listened, like, to whatever the equivalent of the Wiggles was in the 90s. Oh, my parents would play this, I mean, Mm -hmm. constantly in the car on cassette. Like, and I knew every word. We would just hum and.
1: And our parents are that beautiful, sweet age, like, in their 60s of, we get that type of music embedded in our brains. Not like
2: the shitty 80s hair metal bands thing. Everything. (laughs) Okay, but that Kate Bush song is coming back, and I have to say I'm pretty happy about it. Yeah, it's fine. It's okay, but it's like, you're right. I am grateful to have Simon and Garfunkel from a previous episode. We talked about James Taylor. We've talked about Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young on here. Like all of these- are just so much a part of who we are, and that's yeah. why we vibe so hard. Yes. <laughs> and almost Ooh. famous, clearly. And almost famous. Could you imagine, like, having a lease and then, like, a, another one that's, like, a penny lane and, like, having the two of them on the shelf next to each other? Yes.
1: But it, <laughs> I can imagine sense. anything. I can imagine. <laughs> I daydream a lot. <laughs> like why? When, that's why I'm so skittish. Everyone's always like, why can I scare you so easy? And I'm like, because I literally live in a fantasy world that doesn't involve you in this moment. So, yeah, you scared me. <laughs> I was busy. <laughs> I was busy.
2: <laughs> thinking my thoughts. <laughs> some of my thoughts, man. That's exactly right. Not all of them, just some of them.
1: Yeah. This one? All three of them. Yeah. yeah. So our food pairings, we started this, or Carter, I did not. Carter started this Pinterest board. It's just a sum of our thoughts Pinterest board, which we haven't done before. I don't know how we got this far, what, twelve episodes in? Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. We just have ideas. We just text a lot. We do yeah, we do text a lot. So
2: there's a few different small bites. Yeah, this is our first one that I think Mm -hmm. is pretty intentionally not going to be, like, a meat-forward entree. Yeah. Um, Because, I mean, we've given you guys pork. We've given y'all several different kinds of chicken, pasta, steak, and, like, red meat in various capacities. Um, It is almost, well, it's still June, but, I mean, God, it's hot. We're in Texas. 105, 106. There's a lot of nights where we don't want to turn the oven on because it just simply makes the house too hot. Yeah, which sucks. I'm saying that like I live there. I'm like, yeah, our
1: house gets so hot. We just got the ductwork replaced in our it makes my all house. a difference. It makes such a difference. But there were a couple weeks there where I was like, Nope, it's ceviche season. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't nobody cooking in this kitchen. <laughs>
2: well, that's right. And I mean you do get creative. We had a beautiful couple like charcuterie nights. Um and there have been so many um amazing things that are in season right now watermelon specifically so there's a a handful of like cheesy melony combos that we just thought with these wines would obviously pair perfectly yeah but um for entertainment wise i mean it's just a beautiful beautiful little dish to have
1: yeah and i always feel I don't know. I feel really good, like my body feels really good sometimes about just eating a bunch of little small bites, like just totally. different flavors and textures versus eating like a big heavy meal. A heavy meal. And I'm like, yeah. Oh God, I don't even know if I want one. I'm so full. Right. Mm-hmm. So the first one we're gonna talk about is burrata with burnt oranges with pistachios, mint, and pomegranate.
2: Can you believe? God bless. I can't even... God bless. So this is one that we haven't actually done yet, but I mean, I can imagine all of those flavors. Yeah. I know exactly what to expect with that because we eat a lot of burrata.
1: We do. And the last time we had burrata, literally this past week, we had it with just like some beautiful heirloom tomatoes, Mm -hmm. some basil, nice olive oil, salt and pepper. Very simple. But when Carter sent me this, I was like, oh, yes. Gosh, yeah. It's beautiful too. And you need mint. And they use mint instead of basil, which I think is huge. Mm-hmm. That flavor alone is like, whoa, mint with burrata? I've never even thought of doing that. But, but with the oranges and the pistachios, I'm sure it's the perfect complement. I think so, too. So there's mint. You need, um, it says an orange or blood orange. Oh, If you can find blood oranges, I just think it's aesthetically We don't always pleasing. have them. No, yeah. we don't. But I'm always so happy when we do. You need some pomegranate seeds, sea salt flakes. You know I love my salts. Maldon, I would say. Sarah is salt Bay. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of sumac, um, extra virgin olive oil, nigella seeds, pistachios, and burrata. What is a nigella seed? Do I we guess know? we'll find out. I guess we'll find out. But I mean, still, you can get that flavor. It and looks like a pumpkin seed. It does. Oh, it does. Let's just say that. Yeah, I'm going to assume that. But when you're just looking at the photo, too, it's very, it's a very beautiful photo. So you just have all these citrus, the blood oranges, the regular oranges. You can do a combo, too, I would say. That burrata in the center, the mint, all the herbs, the dried herbs, the fresh mint, the salt, the pepper, the olive oil. (laughs) It's just some like really thin toasted crostini to just like smear it all over with or some crackers but i think like crostini holds up better with that situation totally if you're actually like smearing something you need something a little with a little more um body
2: we just get uh like baguettes and we don't yeah. even put olive oil or anything Mm-mm. just toast them for a couple minutes like i'll do at the vineyard yes and um Ooh. It's a perfect little bite. Um, the other one I really was excited to talk about, the the mosaic yes, melon. Yes,
1: God, it's beautiful.
2: Um, I had a birthday party wine study combo <laughs> this <laughs> yeah, year. Yes, yeah, you did. We did um, this really pretty cantaloupe and mozzarella caprese with the prosciutto and mint. Mm-hmm. Um, I used a melon baller and then the tiny little pearl mozzarella. Which I like so much more, I think. It's, it's a fun kind of twist to it because, you know, you get this big sloppy glob of moths and uh, sometimes... Like watery. Yeah, and you have to kind of pick it out and, like, dry it off. You know, we're very aesthetic forward, yeah. so, like, you don't want to have all the drippage all around. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the pearls because you can just kind of peel them off and then they come in their own little plastic thing. You can mm-hmm. just, like, close it back and put it in the fridge because, I mean, unless you're having a party with a lot of people, I would never use a whole thing of it. Right um your twist the Carter has
1: his hack though so I feel like anytime you ever look up like a melon prosciutto mozzarella situation they're just like yeah prosciutto so Carter fries her prosciutto beforehand yeah it makes a difference it makes it crispy and it really makes the flavor of the prosciutto so
2: much better I think And I love prosciutto. Oh, yeah, we do. The texture, though, the texture, that crunch. It's the crunch with the melon. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, you don't have to put it in there hot. I think just, like, you know, you crisp it. You can bake it or boil it or do it in a skillet. But no matter which way, just try to get as much of the grease off of it as Mm -hmm. possible. I'll usually just, like, lay it on top of a paper towel and let it cool. And then you can either crumble it or just do like long, thin strips. But there is this really pretty picture that Bailey actually has this exact same concept for a wine study so we're good. plating. Um, it's like a mosaic salad mm-hmm. with a hot honey vinaigrette, which I think is the oh. key to tie it all together. But it's honeydew, which isn't necessarily like a tasting note for either of these, but it would go so beautifully. Just mm-hmm. like that light, crisp, you know, green with I can't do with our rosé sometimes because I just feel yeah. like
1: it's a melon
2: bomb. It is. It's TVH. all um, watermelon, cantaloupe, and honeydew with, like, little either circles or squares of mozzarella. And then you put um, – you can do basil or mint or both. But, I mean, I, I like if you do, like, a big roll of basil. Mm-hmm. Just get a couple of leaves leaves stacked on top of each other and then roll them kind of yeah. in like a spiral and then slice it and you get these beautiful shreds that just look gorgeous on top Ooh, and, and then garnish. this has like
1: avocado and cucumber also. Yeah, it definitely what? has some
2: cuke in there. Oh, this looks so good. Um, we also
1: haven't made this because it just it's extremely time consuming, yeah. but like...
2: And it's more for like a party. I mean, imagine you, me, and Ryan sitting around eating this beautiful, like mosaic salad situation, which we will. I mean, yeah, we will. <laughs> we'll probably do that tonight. <laughs> the one that we came up with for the wines, though, was
1: the. Yes. The one we came up, came up with, two pair with the wines as well. It's a watermelon caprice salad. And you're like, huh? Capri, that means a tomato. But this has watermelon instead of tomato. You all sound like that in my head. <laughs> so for this, you'll need fresh mozzarella. And like we said, we like the little mozzarella balls versus the
2: sliced mozzarella. You can do like a skewer situation or yeah, in a bowl. Yeah, I think
1: that would be fun, actually. A skewer situation, which is great for parties as well. Yeah. I've done like traditional caprice ones, and I actually skewered them through a sprig of rosemary, and that mm. was fun. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I would want rosemary with my watermelon. But you could use like a Uh, like a bamboo toothpick, like the cocktail skewers we have for our martinis. (laughs) Dare I say
2: martinis in a wine podcast. You just triggered me. I'm triggered.
1: (laughs) So you'll need mozzarella, some basil leaves, fresh basil leaves, watermelon balls, and some cracked black pepper, and then the balsamic glaze. You can either make it yourself or just buy a balsamic glaze. I've done both. If you have a really exceptional bottle of balsamic, use it um, if you have that. I know at Carter's Wine Shop, they sell quite a few different balsamics that are, like, top tier.
2: There's some of them that are, like, Mm wine-infused. There's uh, one from one of my favorite Italian producers, Il Fornetto, that has Mm -hmm. just the best, like, little artwork on it. Anyway, it's exceptional. But I love the reduction sauce that y'all have. We just put that on top of everything, like pizza. I love it, yeah. Yeah. And it's just,
1: like, a grocery store, but I'm— I just love vinegar. I'm obsessed with anything with that, like, balsamic vinegary taste. So basically to build this, you can get your sliced mozzarella or whatever type of mozzarella you'd like, put basil on top of it, and then spoonful the bald watermelon, and then you're just going to put that glaze on top of it and then garnish with that really nice cracked pepper. I'm a really big fan of the tricolored
2: colored. Pepper. You can yeah. get. You
1: can buy the whole thing in a in a pepper and you just
2: and
1: and pepper it on. Or
2: Mortal and Pestle. Yeah.
1: Either way, just like that. Really, you want chunky bits of pepper because as you eat that, oh, that harmony is going to be so beautiful in all those flavors, especially with the big bold flavors of both of these rosés. You can do it with either one, and you would not regret it. So good. Definitely.
2: Def not, def not. I'm thrilled about, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this this idea of small plates in the summer, that's like fresh, juicy melon with these cold, crisp rosés. Um, just think about, like, you know, listening uh-huh. to this album, you have uh, Cuckoo Cachoo, Mrs. Robinson, yeah. like playing in the back, and, I mean, <laughs> it just makes me want to jump in a pool. <laughs>
1: Literally, yeah, we'll
2: probably do that after this.
1: well you guys as always thank you so much for listening we appreciate you all so much hope you're having as much fun as we are and as always grab your glass of wine put on your favorite vinyl make your favorite recipe in this situation some senso rosé some small bites with watermelon some Simon and Garfunkel greatest hits greatest hits let's have, let's some, have fun. some fun thank you for listening to some of our thoughts